Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture Roundup, a podcast where we round up the latest news and talk all things pop culture. I'm your host, Brandon, joined by my other hosts, Andrew. What's up? And Casey. What's going on? So let's get uh let's get right into the news. Alrighty, uh, starting things off, Andrew, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, so recently we got our final trailer for Quiet Place Part 2. Um, for those of you unaware of what uh, the first movie is about, um, it's about an alien invasion, and the aliens are uh, super sensitive to sound, So and like sensitive to the fact that, like, if you step on a leaf, they're going to hear you from miles away. Uh, so everything is like silent. They talk in sign language. There's dirt everywhere. So the, And they walk barefoot. And um, it's, uh, I guess it's classified as a horror movie. But I kind of feel like it fits more into the thriller genre. But I agree um, with you there. It's directed by The Office's own John Krasinski. Uh, he also stars in it along with his wife, uh, Emily Blunt. Um, Marvel, please hire them as Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. Um, but anyway, uh, the end of the first movie set up a second movie, which when I first saw it, I'm like, I would like to see a sequel, but if we don't get one, I am perfectly fine. Now, with having seen the two trailers for Quiet Place Part Two. Man, I'm really ready for this movie. Um, it's just it just looks so good. It looks great. Agreed. I'm, I we've seen, I think the first trailer, twice in theaters. Yeah, when we saw um, Mortal Kombat and when we saw uh, Godzilla vs. Godzilla. Kong. Mm-hmm. And uh, that trailer is a pretty good trailer as well. And uh, especially on the big screen, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't get more hyped about something when you see it on the big screen. Uh, Speaking of seeing things on the big screen, a lot of, you know, before everything happened, you know, trailers would always be only in theaters. And, you know, when... Whenever I saw that, I thought, well, yeah, no duh, where else are you going to see a movie? We do not condone pirating here on the podcast. We know you guys do it, though. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> um, but, you know, now with everything with theaters closing and now reopening, it just, you know, seeing only in theaters really just kind of hits different. And, uh, man, I can't wait to see this. Where do you guys think the, the movie? Yeah, yeah. Where do you guys <laughs> think uh, the story's gonna go? Uh, we know um, that. Uh, spoiler alert for the first movie: uh, John Krasinski does die, and their little farm homestead is overrun by the aliens, so they kind of have to go on the run. Um, and we see this in the trailer. 
and uh, it seems like they're going to be searching out for other people. Uh, how do you guys think that's going to go? I feel like they're going to take a Zombieland 2 approach, where they're made off to be the last people alive, but then they're going to find the whole secret civilization of people towards the end. Yeah, I could... I, yep, I could definitely see that happening. I just... I, oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it's kind of like the classic zombie thriller. You, you, you're searching out for other survivors, other people who are living. You get some that are going to help you. You get some that are going to try to kill you. You know, the, the back and forth and... I think that's really it. It's just going to be the back and forth. Mm-hmm. Do we survive? Who dies? What What I like, because cause in the first movie, they, they do meet other survivors, and um, they aren't trying to kill one another. I, I like the... I think it'd be an interesting idea for uh, this apocalypse that um, everyone is actually trying to work together to fix the problem instead of trying to devolve into factions. Uh, uh, that being said, though, um, we do see that um, Emily Blunt's character, she does set off a trap of, like, glass bottles and whatnot that's obviously meant to you know draw in the aliens so kind of it just is it's interesting i kind of wonder what the goal of that is though because if it's if it's for protection i understand you don't want people on your territory but i'm sure bringing the the monsters yeah mm -hmm, yeah the aliens mm mm-hmm yeah, that, that, that's a double-edged sword right yeah. there. Um, we'll have to see yeah. how it plays out. Maybe it kind of wasn't exactly meant to draw them in, but like kind of overload their senses. Because we, we see in the first movie, that's kind of how they start to get defeated, where they just kind of assault them with excessive sound. And I think I thought that was really interesting. Any, I don't know. Yeah, I I kind of think um, the the trap that we see in that trailer is more of an intent uh, attention seeker because um, it could also be one of those things where they did set it up far away from where they're supposed to be, so it keeps mm. them in a general area. Mm-hmm. instead of spreading out and trying to find people that's just my thought process there trying to justify what it could uh be instead of that double-edged sword that we said right. but it certainly looks like a, a really good movie i'm excited for it mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean it's a quiet place too we liked one so mm-hmm. and this one looks good so <laughs> Uh, so moving on from A Quiet Place 2 to Venom 2, uh, officially called 
Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, we got our first trailer for that to, uh, this week, and looks pretty good. It looks funny. Yeah. Um, As the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think... I think that if you didn't like the first one, you're not gonna like this. But if you did like the first one, you're gonna like you're you're gonna like this. Agreed. Um, Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. I've watched the trailer twice now, and the first time around, I was like, I'm not entirely buying this. Uh, but then the second time around, it's like, yeah, okay, I can see it. He gives off a very creepy vibe. It's not exactly what I had imagined he'd be like as a serial killer. Uh, but yeah, I think creepy definitely kind of is maybe a better way to go than insane. I was going to say, he's definitely got the, the mental kind of tone to him, but I agree. I think the the clips they decided to use and whatever they recorded for the trailer, um, that's not going to be in the movie. They uh, definitely went down, like you're saying, more of a creepy, kind of more chaotic rather than evil kind of you know yeah insane mental obviously serial killer like i think i think a good comparison is um oh hannibal lecter his name flew out of my head for a second but hannibal lecter from silence of the lambs uh you know he's very clearly insane but he likes to seem a little bit more sophisticated and uh dangerous yeah that's a good comparison i don't i didn't make that one myself that's a really good comparison at least as they're portraying him as of right now Mm -hmm. um i know we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast just a personal complaint of mine they're too slimy (laughs) they look very wet and it kind of drags them out of the movie but Oh, uh, that's a that's symbiotes. a personal opinion. The symbiote, yeah, this, yeah. yeah, when they're in symbiote form, mm. um, it it really makes them stand out, um, to the point where they don't seem like they're in the picture, and you can obviously it's CG and stuff like that, but it it pulls them so far out that it just has like CG written on his forehead. Mm. At least for me, um, I was making a comparison to the 1997 Spawn movie, his armor, and also the various demons, like the Violator. Um, They look very out of place, being made in 1997, that's kind of expected. Uh, The difference here is a good handful of time and major quality improvements in the cg departments so it's a little bit off for me Uh, i know it's definitely a creative choice because they could definitely go a more realistic route but it's a personal quarrel that's all (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also the trailer. Uh, it could just also be that um, yeah. you know, they, those get improved. Those get improved uh, over the coming months. Very, very true. Well, uh, that's Carnage, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to. There are a few other things I want to talk about. Um, number one, I really enjoyed the beginning of the trailer with um, uh, you know, Venom is making oh, breakfast. Oh, Venom's making the and, breakfast. Yeah, and he goes ketchup. And then just freaking crunches the head shit and goes <laughs> yummy. That was great. The other the other really funny one was the chocolate comment. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Our chocolate hasn't come in yet. But we had a deal. Yeah. Um, Should I bite her head off? <laughs> uh one complaint I do have about the trailer is that it used uh the song it used has been stuck in my head for the last few days and it's it's only the one line one is the loneliest number that's it that's the one line that's been stuck in my head (laughs) for a few days now same and it's it's really annoying and i hate venom let there be carnage for it Uh, that's just you well, no, it's both you. That that hasn't gotten me. Well, yet. We have number you two to one. That means that you know that 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 empirically That's means a that that there. yep that empirically means that two thirds of every single person ever that has ever watched this trailer uh, has gotten that one line stuck in their head for the last few days. That's a fact. No, I've just got stuff from work. You know how it goes; they repeat the same stuff. But moving on. Yep. <laughs> Um, um go ahead so uh earlier this week on the uh 10th a uh, very special set of merchandise dropped at galaxy's edge uh it's uh some things that i know us here at pop culture roundup have been waiting for for a long time uh to quote palpatine long have we waited and for those of you who don't know galaxy's edge is disneyland and disney world's new star wars land yep uh batu is the planet that they're on but that's going a different direction anyway what was dropped was and get ready for this unannounced ray and leia's lightsabers from the Rise of Skywalker dropped at Galaxy's Edge. And I don't have numbers on Leia's lightsaber, but Ray's lightsaber sold out in just a few hours. Keep in mind this was unannounced. People were not like lining up at the parks to get in first thing in the morning to get this. No, this was just, oh, I walked into the shop and boom, there is Ray's lightsaber. Uh, I actually did find out they dropped Leia's lightsaber like a day or two before they dropped Ray's. Okay, okay. Um, so now where's Cal's? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. They released uh, some pictures of it in physical. It looks great. Yeah, I'm. Um, uh, I'm hoping it drops before I go. So yeah, um, and it's still there. 
I think the fact that they're they can drop these unannounced kind of really means that we have to be on our toes. Like, what's next? Are they going to be dropping the Dark Saber next? Uh, that would be so cool. Uh, hey, Disney, you want to tie into the Bad Batch a little bit and drop us uh, Kanan's lightsaber? Mm-hmm. Take it a step further. Maybe. Uh, Ezra's first lightsaber or his second lightsaber. I'm not picky. Please be his first lightsaber. I think it's a lot more. I was going to say both, but the first more, one first. Yeah, I think it's a much more unique design. Um, I think that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Not only is it unique in design, but it's unique in functionality. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. But not to get too off topic, yeah. I think it's awesome that they drop both of these lightsabers. Right. And uh, I personally am going to try to get either or if Cal's isn't out yet. Mm-hmm. If I don't decide to get Kylo's. I kind of want Kylo's. Oh, I've, than... I've, I've got Kylo's. I can show it to you. Uh, whenever we meet in person again it's amazing yeah i I would actually probably get rays first if it's there Mm -hmm. i'm assuming it's not going to be seeing how easily it's sold out yeah uh it might also just be an under marketing or not under marketing under stocking kind of thing yeah it could lots of companies have been doing that lately it could be that but Think about this. Uh, this was these statistics are from Disney World, and I believe they're still currently at only like twenty five to fifty percent capacity. So not only did it sell out, it sold out at reduced uh, population. There weren't as many people in the parks, so That's I true. I don't necessarily think this is a case of um lowballing the supplies and you know they're going to be getting it this is this is disney parks they're going to be getting restocks every maybe not every night but if if you're you're staying and going to the parks for like a couple of days you'll probably be able to pop over one day and just like be the first there to get it um yeah that's true um it could uh because i know disney does do this a lot they could just be testing the waters uh for popularity for these two they'll probably keep selling it but they like to they like to release something under you know they didn't market it they didn't say that we're coming out with this they just dropped it mm-hmm. uh i know disney likes to do this a lot um and they just kind of get a feeling for how it's gonna go and then they bump up production or lower production of whatever it is so they might have just said hey let's not say anything just yet even though obviously it got around pretty quickly um and see how it does oh ray sold out in mere hours we need Mm -hmm. to not have 20 on hand we need to have 50 on hand 
Yeah, I I could see that as a possibility, but I think I I think that Disney knows their market. Anytime yeah, yeah, yeah. like anytime a new lightsaber has been shown, it is like almost immediately like boom, top of the board, like this is like Darth Maul's lightsaber. That showing up in that first trailer for episode one boom mind blown there can be a lightsaber with two blades that's freaking insane and then you know back in 20 uh when did that teaser trailer come out 2015 14 with kylo ren's cross guard immediately that thing took off people wanted that and yeah yeah and i i know that like maybe not necessarily as much with leia's but with definitely with Ray's, when I first saw that, I was like, "Oh my god, that is amazing! I need that." Um, and I'm gonna get Leia's too because Leia's is amazing. Um, and well, okay, truth be told, I'm gonna get all these lightsabers, every single last one of them. It's gonna take years, but I'll, I'll <laughs> get I'll get them all. The, these these lightsabers are my Pokemon. I gotta, I gotta oh, buy Jesus. them all. <laughs> That's a funny way of putting it, and I, uh, I don't disagree. Um, I'll, I just meant it was a possibility. Um, I do agree; they know their audience very well, and uh, they, they, they would know what people want. But um, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a possibility I'm right. We don't really know. It's Disney. They do a lot of stuff yeah. mm-hmm. without really explaining it. Uh, nobody questions it. Right. Because it's Disney. So. Well, I wouldn't say that. There there are plenty of people that question oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything <laughs> Disney does. And look, I don't blame you. Mega corporations, my guy, question them. Sometimes they do some iffy stuff. Disney, I think we're all aware, is not exactly the... You know, greenest. it's, uh, they, they do their fair share of shady stuff. Uh, but also I am, uh, gonna be really honest here. I'm willing to overlook that for some Star Wars content. Easy. Mm-hmm. Very easy. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to see what comes in the future because mm. the legacy no offense to the people who run it. No offense to whoever came up with the idea. Building your own lightsaber is dope. But I think everybody likes the legacy more. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that, that stems from... When you think build your own lightsaber, you think it'll be a little bit more unique. And, and by the way, just this is coming from someone who was... I'm very tragically, unfortunately, not able to do it because going into Disneyland Galaxy's Edge, I did not realize that the uh, build your own lightsaber was a scheduled thing, not a, hey, just walk in and uh, just do it. uh, uh, So unfortunately, on my day at Galaxy's Edge, I did not get to do that, regretfully. Um, But I, I saw some people walking around with it, with theirs, and I'm like, that's cool. I'll need to see some of the other options for what you can build with it. 
Um, I was going to say, as of right now, it's only four different types, and there's like two pieces for each piece. So I'd say there's a great handful of custom ones you can make, but not enough to make it unique enough. I think they they did add a few pieces, because I know last May 4th, when um, Jedi Fallen Order got an update and um, added two new lightsaber uh, types, like designs, those got added to Galaxy's Edge 2 on the same day. So, obviously, they're, they're not, like, neglecting that portion. They're adding more to it, but... I think the thing is, is that what they do add, either they haven't added anything in a year, or it's just gone under the radar because it's not, it's like, hey, look at this one piece from a customizable lightsaber. Oh, hey, look, there's Ray's lightsaber. Oh, and that's getting all the attention, uh, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's a character behind the mm-hmm, legacy yep. lightsabers, mm-hmm. so that automatically makes yeah. it more... You know. I mean, everyone Everyone wants their favorite. I know the first one I got was the Temple Guard lightsaber because I, I think it's a really cool design and I like it. Uh, I have Kylo Ren's right now. Uh, before Ray's and Leia's dropped, I was going to get Cal's, but it was also kind of a toss-up between getting uh, the Skywalker saber or maybe Maul's or, you know, it goes, you, you get the idea, you know, it's like, well, which one am I going to get? It's it's a lot of fun. You know, Ahsoka's was definitely high up on the list. Her second white pair, not her first uh, green and uh, blue variant. Uh, but yeah, all, all in all, I'm just really glad these got added. And I cannot wait to own both of them. Agreed. I'd also be interested in getting Obi-Wan's lightsaber, but... Mm-hmm. Casey, you've been kind of you've been kind of quiet on this. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think Casey speaks for all of us. Nah, I would, yes. I would get Vader's above all. Yeah. Above it's really hard. It's really hard, because, like, I want all of them. I think of one, and then I'm like, "Oh, but I want this one." Oh, but I want this exactly. one. Exactly, oh, and this one. and uh, I mean, this is kind of a downside to this. They they they're really high quality, which means they're really expensive. So it's unless you're flush with cash, it's more of a you get to choose one. Yeah. Per trip. Um, that would be unless Ezra's uh, season three lightsaber one. Mm. Or we've gotten that one, but it didn't. Maybe at some point. Uh, I've, uh, in terms of, like, I, I want to get Luke's green lightsaber, and I would have gotten that uh, before the Temple Guard lightsaber, but I saw someone else holding it, and the emitter looked really, like, kind of bulgy and kind of weird. What I didn't realize is that the that emitter was only for the blade to go in the actual when you buy it it actually comes with two emitters 
the normal display one that's like kind of skinny and thin like it is in the movies and then the uh, saber emitter and it has to be a little bit wider so that the base of the blade can fit into the emitter and be able to activate so I didn't know that and I wish I had because I probably would have gotten Luke's then uh, but also I do not at all regret getting the temple guard lightsaber because mm, it looks amazing you know, actually, um, if I remember correctly, Cal's was based off of a vote um, that I think we all partaked in. Mm-hmm, yeah. And if I remember correctly, I think it was Qui-Gon, Ezra's third season lightsaber, Kanan's lightsaber, Cal's, and then the Corvax lightsaber from the Vader Immortal like VR game. So it could have been Ezra's mm-hmm. or it could have been Kanan's um, Cal's lightsaber one by a lot obviously yeah yeah so here I, I have the list here I'm pretty sure you hit a ball on the head it's Anakin's episode two you said Qui-Gon's it is Ezra's season three and four it is Kanan's Cal's which eventually won and as you said Lord Corvax which by the way that lightsaber design is cool but whack at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but it's whack, and I, <laughs> I can just I can just see it just breaking very easily, um, upon receiving because it, like the end is all like twisty and curly and whatnot, and like it looks cool. Doesn't oh, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It I can't even like really tell where like the blade comes out of, like the emitter. The uh, emitter is down in the crest part. Yeah, that look that just looks so skinny. I can just. I don't think a leg. I think you'd only be able to. I was do gonna this say that's a, one I, of those that you display. Yeah. If if you, and I don't recommend it. If you try fighting with it or doing anything like that, uh, it's snapping. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're not. It's probably gonna go before the. <laughs> before the um blade does yeah for for anyone unaware these are strictly display these are not for fighting if you try to fight something is gonna break and despite the fact that you paid anywhere between 120 to 200 dollars for these uh something's gonna break and it's gonna be your wallet (laughs) Um, but even as display pieces, like, I think, I think they're worth the price. They're high quality. You get a really cool case that comes with it. You can buy a stand for it, but that's an additional, like, $25, which you do not need to spend because it comes with a really dope case. Looks like a I was gonna say cargo quick, container. Though, I have printed stands for lightsabers. Because I've got some of the dueling ones, so I have my, Mm. um, why am I spacing his name, purple lightsaber. Mace Windu? Mace Windu, yeah. Mace Windu, I have his lightsaber on a stand right now. You, uh, you wanna, you wanna send some of those my way? Yeah, once I get the, uh, the printer fixed, I'll print a few more. Dope. Um, do we have anything else to say about 
these lightsabers. I know we kind of got off topic from Rey and Leia specifically, but I think overall, I think this... Real quick, uh, there's not a single doubt that Disney will add all of those lightsabers in the poll eventually. Oh, yeah, no, those are... really, really hope when they add Kanan's lightsaber, they add the ability to detach it into two pieces. Yes, 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 Oh, if they don't do that, then there's going to be a billion and a half people pissed off with them, and they're going to say, oh, no, we just sent it back, or... They're not going to ask for that, but they're going to release a version, or it's going to be... There better not be two different things that you have to buy... Like two different uh, No, no, no. It, it yeah. won't be because it, it's all a part of one. It'll just be the emitter because that's all it is. It, the emitter just comes off. Um, yeah. And there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do that because, like I mentioned earlier, they that they do that with Luke's lightsaber. And uh, I imagine they do the same with uh, Leia's lightsaber as well. Um, I'm going to take something back real quick. I think there is one person I'm not totally interested in buying their lightsaber, and that's going to be Saw's Ventures. Yeah, that would probably be... She definitely... She ranks definitely kind of low down there, I think. Um, Because I also forgot Ben Solo's saber was in here. (laughs) Sorry. (coughs) I think also... um, like it's not currently there but Qui-Gon's is a part was a part of that poll which again we're all in agreement those will all eventually be added I think that'll rank pretty low down there too I think that that saber just looks really kind of generic um, oh yeah this is unfortunately very generic which feels kind of rude to say because I know that um in for the production of like the prequels if what i read is correct uh, a lot of the actors got to choose their lightsabers like they rolled out a bunch of designs you got to choose them obviously like anakin and obi-wan's those, those were hard set those couldn't be changed um but like you know your mace windus your yodas you know, no that doesn't make any sense yoda's not a person but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they had free creative choice with mm-hmm. uh, Soka, Saj Ventress, uh, Maul, Count Dooku, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody had their own unique design. So it was his choice to get a lightsaber like that and respect to him. It fits the character. Mm-hmm. It definitely fits Qui-Gon's character, so I like it in that yeah. sense. I just think, um, one, he's not the biggest character in Star Wars, obviously. Two, with it being so plain, it would kind of be lower on the list, but I still put Asajj lower. I'm not a fan of her lightsaber design. They're just a little off to me. Yeah, but that's just me personally. Like, obviously, it's the same curvature and everything as Dooku's, but it's just two different. 
Oh, you're just gonna... Okay. Um, so, moving on. We kind of talked for a long time about lightsabers. Uh, moving. I don't think anybody's complaining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. It was recently announced that Dave Bautista and Edward Norton are joining the cast of Knives Out 2. Um, uh, it's, you know, the Knives Out is a murder mystery, so there's literally no way we're going to be getting any real character details about who they're going to be playing. Um, I All I have to say is I love Dave Bautista. Edward Norton kind of is a kind of whatever. Uh, he was good in Fight Club. That's kind of all I gotta say about him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I think Dave Batista's been pretty up there with his performance in um, Guardians. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think that definitely elevated him in his career and has helped him. But uh, he's it's going to be exciting, I think, to see him. Obviously, we don't know exactly where this is going. And right. I'm excited to see a trailer for it. I think I think that's still little ways yeah we still road. got a, a long way to go it's definitely still in pre-production yeah it's one of those things where it's just like the first one was really good so the second and second one's announced mm-hmm. if we get any information you just get hyped about it again right so that's all yeah uh casey got anything to add uh no pretty much covered it yeah okay um Sorry, we didn't really, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot about that. There wasn't really much to talk about, but there is a little bit more to talk about in this next uh, section. We're going to be talking about some video game news. Sony has said that the PlayStation 5 shortage is expected to last into 2022, so next year. Um, <clears throat> that's on purpose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was saying this earlier with Disney a little bit. It happened with Nintendo. It's happening now with the PS5. Like, these companies have been purposely keeping production low or distributing low numbers just to keep that want there for some people. Uh, it certainly worked for me with the Switch, as I now have two, but <laughs> it's, it's it's a marketing technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something you would learn about in a marketing class. Um, I'm trying to think of what it's specifically called. I can't remember, but it's it works probably very it's, well. It's probably called something like short stocking or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. Um. It certainly works very, very well. It's kept people talking not only about the shortage of the PS5, but the PS5 itself, and it's kept people wanting to get their hands on it. Well, I and 
I don't think the shortage of PlayStation 5s has really kept it in the... I mean, it has kept it in the news, but I think... Because uh, some some developers, like specifically at Insomniac, who are in developing the new Ratchet and Clank, they've they've said that um, you know, PlayStation Five is one of the easiest consoles they've had to develop, and that um, it's definitely a very large generational leap, a much a much bigger leap than from the PS3 to ps4 and uh you know comparably from xbox 360 to the xbox uh one and i that's keeping in the news but to go back to these shortages um first off i gotta say this does not uh affect me in any way at all i got mine uh two weeks after they dropped um I'm uh, just going to be flexing that for just a quick second. Um, <laughs> well, I'll be completely honest. I, I've been looking a little bit, but to no avail. Mainly because I'm not trying really hard to get one. Right. But it's, it's one of those things where it's in the back of my head. I've kind of got the money put to the side. Mm-hmm. It's just I haven't, one, found one. Yeah. Two, I'm not like begging to spend the 500 <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so it's one of those things where yeah there's a shortage but if you really dedicate like a week to it you'll get one um, if even mm-hmm. like i know at this point it's kind of one of those things where i mean you go on reddit and you try to find something one nobody's really talking about it anymore but mm-hmm two you're gonna find schedules for when places in specific locations get shipments and when you should show up uh or pop up online and you should be refreshing that tab like all all the little details yeah it's been long enough people have it it's on there wherever you are whatever you need to know it's there (laughs) i do want to say something real quick for people listening that are still looking the playstation discord channel is going to be your best friend also i would recommend getting it in target when i got mine they were put up in stock and they were in stock for a good 20 minutes before they were sold out and that was about three or four weeks after they were put up so target is also your best friend I can also say that um, for those of you obviously looking to get one and haven't already, uh, the Sony Direct website, that's where I got mine from. I felt that it had the best way of protecting against um, scalpers, which I'm not sure if those are really still a problem. They probably most definitely are, uh, but I just haven't really heard a lot about it, but um at least when I got mine, there, whenever there was a drop of PlayStation 5s, a queue would start. You would, you know, enter the website. You'd get placed in a line randomly. And you just kind of hope. So, uh, I that's how I got mine. It's, it's not a perfect system, but um, the... You know, random queue and the fact that you can only buy one, that's it. Um, 
I think that that really helps kind of stop people from buying a bunch of them and using bots and whatnot. It's probably one of the the safest ways I should I think. Like if you're thinking about it, it's probably one of the are more consistent. Because like you're saying, people aren't buying five at a time. Yeah. But I mean, also it, it's again, it's not perfect. You could literally be the first person to, um, click on the website and get into queue, and you could maybe still not get one. It's not a perfect system, but it's better than nothing. Uh, if you're still trying to get a PlayStation Five, don't give up, and trust me. It'll be worth the effort because this is genuinely my favorite console of all time. And I have like four games for it. Uh, speaking of. Your first. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of games, just a few things to run down and one kind of more. One other thing we'll dive deep into uh, earlier this week. Uh, uh, Resident Evil Village released. Um, none of us here really kind of had an interest in that. Uh, it's just uh, it's just one of those things that if we're keeping track of it, that did come out. It looks interesting, I think. Uh, we got a bunch of new information and footage of Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart or Rifts Apart. Um... I can't say that I'm, like, really, like, invested in the game, but I can say that from a technological standpoint, it is freaking impressive that they're able to swap locations with no load times. It's, it's amazing. It is actually really mm -hmm. impressive. Good on them. Good on the console. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that's a big part of it. Yeah, uh, in case you guys haven't noticed, we are we we simp pretty hard for the PlayStation Five, and we do it unashamedly. <laughs> Coming from a bunch of PC guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and last but not least, uh, about two years ago, two or three years ago, Ubisoft announced a game called Skull and Bones. It's a pirate simulator. Think of uh, like uh, your Sea of Thieves, but a little bit more realistic. I was going to say, it looks like it plays like a mixture between Sea of Thieves and Black Flag, to be honest. Well, we'll have to see how it actually plays because it just got delayed yet again to, and this is the real kicker, to sometime between 2022 and 2023. Ouch. So... That's a, yeah. that's a big one. Mm -hmm. This, I'm pretty sure this game was supposed to uh, come out last year. Hmm. Um, I know delays and stuff are pretty bad because mm -hmm. of COVID, but that is a... I think that's the biggest delay I've heard. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that either, one, this game is not going to come out, or two... This game is going to come out, and it's going to be cyberpunk. 
Um, so not that great. I was going to uh, say, the, the, the market audience for pirate games, don't get me wrong, it is pretty big, but it's certainly no first-person shooter, Yeah, no, nothing it's... like that. Uh, pirate sims are not the biggest genre in the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a niche market. And I'm going to be completely honest, it, it might just flop. I don't think they're just going to cancel the project outright. If they're coming out and saying there's delays, that means that they have something. And it would be a lot of money down the drain if they canceled it. So, personally, I don't think they're going to. But I do agree with the idea that it's either one just going to be a cyberpunk where it's glitchy and it's got problems... Um, lots of bugs that break the immersion, et cetera, et cetera, whatever people are complaining about. And then on top of that, I think with its more niche market, it's going to be hard to get people into it. Um, and I, I, I could be completely wrong here, but I, I don't think it's going to do the best. Yeah, I, I agree. I think. I think that this game is, I wouldn't say destined to fail, but it's on a collision course right now. And it's a very weird style slash concept for a pirate sim game. Mm -hmm. It's like a third person control your ship, only do that with just major combat, like... They haven't. I could be completely wrong again because they haven't shown much about it and told us much about it as it is. But from the the little bit of footage we've seen of gameplay, it's literally you have a ship, you customize your ship, you drive around third person. There's a weird combat system, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, look, for you viewers out there. Um, if you're looking for a pirate sim and you got a few friends, just get Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Um, it's, pre it's pretty fun. Uh, definitely the best pirate sim out there. And it's not, and it's, uh, not getting delayed for another year. It's actually been improved. Quite heavily, yeah. As of recent time, so uh, cheers to Microsoft Studios for that one. Yep. I was gonna say that's like probably the only pirate sim I could think of out there that uh, one is worth playing too. I really can't think of another one. So, okay. Well, with that being said, are we ready to move into our general discussion? Hang on, real yeah. quick, I did want to add this one small piece of news. Recently, Emily Blunt shut down all casting rumors of her playing Invisible Woman, saying she doesn't want to do it because she hates superhero movies, which is a huge bummer. 
a a bold claim to say the least. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I'm gonna hop on the boat and say that's Cap, and uh, she'll be uh, Invisible Woman. It's all it's it's all just a bunch of malarkey. I guess that's possible. I gotta I gotta have hope. I mean, it could be a fake out, but who knows? I find it weird when I, actors do that, but no, I I could definitely see it as a fake out because I mean, and especially with Marvel, they're very protective of this stuff. I mean, they had Michael Rooker come onto the set of Infinity War in full Yondu makeup and dress just to like throw people off the trail of him dying in Guardians 2. And I, mean, oh, I forgot they did that. We we all saw the uh, Infinity War trailer as well. I mean there's there are numerous shots in there that were made specifically for the trailer to kind of keep people guessing. Yeah. Um, I like that about Marvel. They they purposely throw you off. So, despite the these the what she said, I'm still gonna hold out a little bit of hope. I feel like if John Krasinski says he's on board, then most likely means she's on board, and he did say he was on board, so. Yeah, I I definitely I mean I'll I'll keep it real. I think I definitely want John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic more than I wanted Emily Blunt as Mrs. Fantastic. But I think they just uh they just work really well together. Um that it it just kinda would make sense. Also I've I mean, they're they're married, so I would hope they would work well together. Well, really quick, uh, I totally forgot about this, but one tiny more little piece of news. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, they released Pops for Shang-Chi already. Mm -hmm. I did not see that, but that's not surprising because... Shang-Chi comes out in, what, like four months? Yeah. About, yeah. So, that's... There's... They don't look that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. They've got... Uh, we all know that Shang-Chi, obviously, uh, Caddy and Wenwu are the main characters. Obviously, Shang-Chi being the biggest one. Uh, they've got two Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who... Who says Shang Chi is going to be the main character? Okay, where are you true. getting where are you getting this information from? The title, folks. I'm I apologize for Brandon's <laughs> rampant speculation. We we here at Pop Culture Roundup try to keep things grounded. We don't try to go like conspiracy theorist here. So I apologize for this. Whatever this is, mm, theories. Uh, we've also got one for Razor Fist. Um, I apologize if I mispronounce this name. Uh, Zhang Li. And then I also apologize about this one. Zai Li. And then the Death Dealer. 
and then we also got a big one for the the great protector so pretty cool i'm sorry i'm still stuck on razor fist because it sounds like taser face (laughs) (laughs) taser face what was your next oh how does that line go he says he says you know would be a really kick-ass name taser face and everyone's laughing and he goes what was your second choice scrotum hat that's what it was scrotum hat (laughs) oh my god so i think all this superhero stuff is a good segue into our general topic this week Um, yeah this topic uh comes from a suggestion from our good friend jonah who you may know as the person who has so gracefully created both the uh music and the look of the uh podcast really appreciate his work and so he suggested to us that we cover uh different superhero reboots so you know your 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 batmans your spider-mans your 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 supermans and you know etc um and we really we really like that um we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be rating these movies um we're gonna we're gonna veer away from our best or worst rating and we are actually gonna be giving some out of ten ratings um and to keep up with the uh reboot uh theme um we're gonna the rating system is going to be uh actually you know you'll 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 just see you'll see keeping it a surprise yeah yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay uh so let's start at the very beginning possibly what a lot of people may consider as the dawn of the modern superhero let's start with uh, batman 89 is that the one with uh michael keaton i think so yeah so you, you know yeah, eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I I watched this movie for the first time last year, and I gotta say, I liked Michael Keaton as Batman slash Bruce Wayne, but I think the movie as a whole kind of just wasn't there for me. I think maybe if I had seen it before watching like the other like the DCEU and the MCU I think I would have appreciated it a lot more but I've been spoiled. Yeah, and nah, I had the same problem. Especially after watching the I Dark was going to say mm-hmm. 1989, you know. There's only so much they could do and I think at the time it would have been a phenomenal movie, but as oh, well, you were saying, yeah, Drew, we've been spoiled. <laughs> yeah, at at the time, it was a phenomenal movie. Like, it was, like, the movie. Like, it was the definitive version of Batman on screen. And this is reflected in the comics, too, because before that, you know, Batman was a little bit more brightly colored. His suit was more, like, blue and gray. But after this movie dropped his, uh, his, uh costume in the comics got you know it, they changed it to like black and whatnot and um i mean anytime that there's like a major 
release of Batman on the big screen, you you see the changes in the bat suit in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about this movie? No. Take that. No. Okay. Let's let's uh, give our ratings. I'm gonna give Batman eighty nine uh, seven bat nibbles out of ten. <laughs> we are doing it. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll give Batman nineteen eighty nine a six bat nipples out of ten. Yeah, I gotta go with Brandon and say I'm gonna give it six big old bat nipples out of ten as well. Oh, okay. Well, big old though. Um, big old. Okay. Big old. <laughs> um. So then, let's move on. We'll stick with Batman here. We'll move on to the next iteration. We got Val Kilmer's Batman in um. Uh, oh shoot! In another Batman movie, this one's with the uh, Riddler. Uh, Jim Carrey plays the Riddler, and Tommy Lee Jones plays uh, Two Face. Wasn't that Batman Forever? Uh, yes, it is Batman Forever. Um, apparently, it still it was supposed to still take place in the same continuity as uh, Batman eighty nine and Batman Returns, but you don't really see that um personally i don't think val kilmer is that great of a batman yeah this one's down there i think i think jim carrey really hurt the riddler as a character and how he's portrayed gotham did gotham the tv show did an excellent job of portraying the Riddler. And, Agreed. Because mm-hmm. he, he, he's actually a little bit threatening. Instead, you know, in Batman Forever and, like, the Arkham games, he's just he's just a loser. And, I mean... Yeah, yeah he's always portrayed very yeah. poorly. And, I um, mean, in the comics, that's, he's, he's also kind of a loser in the comics, too. That's not necessarily, like, a thing that's uniquely, like on screen but i mean he's still a threatening villain he's still you don't want to mess with him but and that's something we don't see in these films but hopefully we'll be seeing that in the batman next year very true um i dare say this is probably the second weakest batman film yep I concur. This I've got one more that I think is way worse. Well, I think I think but... we all know which one's way worse, and I think that's coming up next. So let's uh, let's rate yeah. Batman Forever. This one's getting five bat nipples out of ten. I think that's generous. I'm giving it a. Oh. I kind of want to say three and a half. I'm kind of torn between three and four. I'll give it a four, benefit of the doubt. Four bat nipples out of ten. Two bat nipples out of ten. Ooh, going Eesh, I did not man. like that Eesh. movie. Wow. Okay. I was I was gonna save the bad one well, for what's what's coming. Casey, bro, <laughs> if if Batman Forever gets two, I'm gonna need to hear your thoughts on Batman and Robin. <laughs> Let's hear it. 
we're going into the negatives you for take this it one. Away. Well, uh, <laughs> of course, for those of you who don't know, Batman and Robin is, of course, the inspiration for today's rating system as director Joel Schumacher felt it necessary to give Batman nipples on his costume. Yeah. Let's be honest here. The only reason people watch this movie is Uma Thurman. I think that there's a specific camp level factor that you could attribute to being rewatchable if you literally just watch it to be like, this is a really stupid movie. Let's laugh at it. I That's also true. Yeah, I genuinely cannot see anyone ever going, hey, you know what's a good movie we should watch? Batman and Robin. I just refuse to believe that can happen. If that's ever came out of somebody's mouth, that's uh, that's something you need to get checked yeah, out. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm the first person who's ever said this in history, but, and this is just simply because it is being associated with a different sentence, but I don't think anyone has ever said George Clooney is the best Batman. Like, it just being said in that sentence is probably the first time that's ever been said ever. Um, How dare you? I know. I'm sure George Clooney uh, has said it at some point. Yeah, I mean, no offense to George Clooney, I like him as an actor. Ocean's Eleven is an amazing movie. But man, he sucks as Batman. I just don't buy him one bit. Um... For for me, this is uh, uh, we're we're gonna my my rating for this movie is going to have the same number of bat nipples that the movie should have had. I.e., this is getting zero bat nipples out of ten for me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the same zero bat nipples out of ten. Mm, negative five bat nipples out of oh, ten. Man. Ooh. <laughs> He said, let me take this and let me inverse it. Dang. Yeah, Um, I seriously think... And it's not a good reason to ever want to watch this. I seriously think that Uma Thurman playing Poison Ivy is like the literal reason anybody has ever rewatched this movie. And I think it's a terrible reason. Yeah. But... (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, this movie was so bad that it killed Batman being on screen for, like, a decade. Um, so, let's finally talk about what I believe to be the golden era of Batman. And we are currently still in that era, I believe. For this next set of movies, do we want to talk about them individually or as a trilogy? Trilogy. Yeah, trilogy. Because we're talking about the boots. No, we're talking about the Nolan trilogy. Yeah, I know. I said we're talking about reboots. Oh. So his trilogy is a reboot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, So... This was... This was the Batman that we should have been getting from the very start. Um... 
a, a slightly ironic title then. Yeah, Batman Begins, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, because, I mean, he has realistic goals. His tech is, well, realistic. Um, his motivations make sense. He isn't goofy, but there's still, like, a level of camp. You know, it's like, because he, uh, he makes some batarangs, and it's like, well, is that really necessary? You know, you just gotta bat brand everything, and um, it's just really interesting. Uh, At the same time, that's kind of a Batman thing, though. Yeah, everything is bat branded, but I mean, for this specific take on this character being more grounded in reality and and like serious, to still have everything like get, you know, oh, this is called the Batmobile. It's just a tank. Oh, this is called the 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 bat. It's like a, a inverse. Batarang. It's called an. It's just an inverse helicopter. Oh, batarang. Yeah, it's just like a piece of metal carved like a bat. Um. <laughs> so I like that they kept that kind of style of camp. Um. And the villains in this trilogy. I don't understand how it took so long to get such great Batman villains, because uh, uh, the Joker and the Penguin and the Riddler and Two-Face and Mr. Freeze, they were all like your classic, in those movies, they were like your, uh, you know, mustache twirling villains like, huh, I'm gonna destroy the world, yeah, and it's like, okay, um, that's everyone's plan, you got what how are you gonna do differently? Oh, I'm gonna freeze the world. Well, okay, that's, sure, that's in line with your character, but now, now, with these ones, we get, um, we get more, uh, unique um motivations you know the the uh league of shadows they don't want to take over and destroy the world no they they just want to destroy gotham they they have a real hate on for gotham Uh, joker doesn't want to take over or rule anything he literally just wants to cause chaos I think that's really great. Uh, I was letting you talk through your process there. Um, I think what you're trying to say is their intentions are more focused, uh, which creates for a better storyline, a better reasoning for what's going on. And uh, when you look at the intentions of these villains... It allows them to focus it to make it more meaningful and impactful. Um, and really just solidify the whole plot. Like, it, it takes Joker from being a psychotic clown and wants to rule the world to now he's just a psychotic, chaotic clown who's ruining anything and everything he can just causing as much chaos obviously as we see and it it really just says hey he's he's just you know 
batshit crazy. Like, that's the mm-hmm. best way to explain mm-hmm. it. Um, and it takes away the motivation of, oh, I'm doing this so I can get here. No, that's not how he is. He's just literal psychotic and chaotic. And it, it really says that. Mm-hmm. What, what I, I enjoy... Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think they did a phenomenal job at not only rebooting the series, but bringing to the villains what was needed. Yeah, I, the Joker in particular, I mean, everyone... Everyone knows Heath Ledger's Joker is the definitive version of the Joker and what every other Joker should be um, compared to. And what I really liked most about it is that if you were in a room with this guy, you would be on edge the entire time because you would genuinely have no idea if this dude's just like literally about to kill you for no reason at all. And... That's, I was gonna say almost mortified. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the energy you should be going for when you're Joker. You should cause people to be on the edge of their seat. Be like, is is this guy about to die? There's some real murdery vibes up in here. Oh nope, he nope. Joker just be goofing around. Uh. It's just great. <laughs> exactly. No, he's just doing a magic trick with a pencil. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh I, he's dead. Oh, look. Joker's got a big pile of money with a guy sitting on top. Wonder what he'll do. Oh, and he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. It's kind of one of those things where if you're in that costume, if you're wearing that makeup, I feel like your presence in a room should literally terrify and confuse everybody else in that room. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's um... one of those things where somebody like this exists in real life and I was sitting in a room with them. I'd get out of that room. As fast as humanly possible, and hope to God he doesn't kill me for it. <laughs> I, I like that you bring up that just being in costume shouldn't evoke that, because um, in the scene in The Dark Knight where uh, Joker um, crashes Bruce Wayne's fundraiser party for Harvey Dent, um, Michael Caine was supposed to have lines and like be seen like more prominently on camera during that scene. Uh, but when he saw, uh, allegedly when he saw Heath Ledger in full costume and makeup for the first time, he forgot his lines and they just kind of kept it in where, you know, um, Alfred just doesn't know what to say and just sort of backs away. Like, cause I mean, like we all love Alfred, but w- what's he going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a more, obviously it's a genuine reaction to the costume and, you know, the idea of who the Joker is and seeing that come into real life, but it works in the sense of his presence is just that mortifying. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it's, it's just induces fear and it, it's just not a fun feeling <laughs> that's the for lack of better words like it's just not a pleasant time when he's around and that's the point yep yep so uh, are we ready to give our ratings for this uh, reboot yeah um, this is getting 10 bat nipples out of 10 for me. Well, you took the words right out of my yep. mouth. 10 bat nipples out of 10. 10 out of 10 bat nipples. How can you not? When somebody says yeah, Batman, you immediately think of Christian Bale's Batman. Yep. Christopher Nolan really kind of revolutionized the way the character is portrayed on screen, and I think that that is deserving of a 10 out of 10 rating. So, moving on to the next iteration, we have Ben Affleck's Batman. This one was a bit more divisive upon announcement. Um, but I think we can all agree that this turned out for really well. I really like Ben Affleck's Batman. Yep, yep. I agree. I feel like they pulled off the character very well in Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. That um that warehouse fight that it felt like watching a live action version of the Arkham video games. That's what it felt like. Yeah, I haven't played the Arkham games so I wouldn't know but those definitely. Uh, it, it was yeah, brutal I, too. I didn't mm-hmm, expect that mm-hmm. from Batman. That was a twist. Yeah. Uh, that that is one thing a lot of people didn't like in Batman v Superman is that Batman uh, was killing uh, enemies, and I think sort of I think they disguised it as character progression in like Suicide Squad and Justice League. But in reality, it's just kind of a response to backlash. And in future movies, uh, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, uh, here, hereby further dubbed Batfleck, um, <laughs> he doesn't kill any humans. Um, I am. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of sad that Ben Affleck doesn't want to continue playing Batman because he did a he did a great job and I I agree yeah I would have loved to have seen a solo Batfleck movie I do have to say if there's one thing that I can really harp on as probably my favorite part of his time as Batman is the costumes Mm-hmm. I'm a massive fan of the bat suit as it is, uh, but his steel suit. Oh, yeah, in the actual BVS fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That oh is, my god, yeah. it's one of the best Batman suits I have ever seen. Yeah, that is ripped straight from the comics, and it looks amazing. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> There's no questioning it. Um, doesn't he also have like a 
a getup where he's wearing a trench coat. Yeah, that's during the um, apocalypse uh, scenes, or what am I? Nightmare yeah, sure. Oh, nightmare. The nightmare. Yep, there we go. Yeah, the nightmare sequences. That's yeah. And just as a side note, we mentioned this in our Justice League, our Snyder Cut Justice League review, but. It is going to be a damn shame if we do not get to see a continuation of Snyder's universe. Yeah. Because um, just that setup at the end was really great. Yeah, I'm incredibly interested to see where the DC universe is going. Mm-hmm. Um, so far... Obviously, I think we can all say Marvel's kind of taken the crown. Oh of yeah, they took, hero films yeah, very they, easily. Yeah, they took that uh, back in May of two thousand eight. Yeah, Iron Man one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've been doing a pretty phenomenal job, to be honest, with the DC universe, cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. They, um, they've had a few missteps i think uh, suicide squad is probably their biggest misstep yeah I, i'm excited where they're going with the new one though mm-hmm. yeah it, it's definitely. it's definitely gonna be comedic like the first one tried to be um and hopefully the plot is much more interesting and it's not just a boring bear to watch horror show of a movie but um yeah they've been doing a phenomenal job i like ben affleck's batman and then i agree with you i wish he continued mm-hmm. and he got his own solo film it's very unfortunate <laughs> that he's not well but with that said are we ready to give our ratings on batfleck yeah um i'm gonna go ahead and give him a Eight bat nipples out of ten. I'm I'm torn between an eight and a nine, so I'm gonna do what I did earlier and round up. I'm gonna give him a nine bat nipples out of ten. Yep, I agree. Nine out of ten. Okay. Um, we are not gonna be talking the Batman because that has not come out yet, so we can't really talk about. Um, ratings or anything. So I was gonna say he can't say anything about Robert Patterson. Um, move on to Pattinson. Is his last name right? Yeah, Robert Pattinson. But uh, I think we're just gonna be calling him uh, uh, his Batman name, much like Batfleck, will just be Robot Batten Bat. So, <laughs> um, so let's uh, yep. Let's uh, swing on over to Marvel. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys like that segue to Spider-Man. Let's talk the Raimi trilogy. Um, this... I, I know I said that um, Batman 89 was kind of like kicked off the modern era of superhero movies and while that is still true i think 
Batman and Robin kind of killed that off. And it wasn't until this time in the early 2000s with your X-Men's and your Spider-Man's um, that really kind of paved the way for a resurgence in superhero movies. You know, it's where studios said, oh, hey, people actually want to watch these again. Um, Let's try again. <laughs> Do you guys buy Tobey Maguire as a high schooler? No. Actually, no. yes. If you look at videos back from like the 90s to the early 2000s of high schools, uh, people look like they're mid-30s in high school. It's insane. Okay. I can, yeah, maybe for at the time, but definitely for us. Um, having gone to high school in the 2010s, um, that's a different story. <laughs> he just kind of looks like uh, an adult going to high school. Um, I, aside from him looking too old, I thought he was a very good Peter Parker. I think he's a good Spider-Man too, but I think he's a better Peter Parker. Yeah, I think that's a pretty well-renowned uh, opinion. Yeah, no, I'm flipped. I think he's a pretty bad Peter Parker, but a good Spider-Man. Really? Explain. Well, I just feel like the Peter Parker in the movies, obviously he's Spider-Man, so he has the weight of the world on his shoulders but he's just always seems stressed out like he's focused on so many other things but when we get to the andrew garfield version i'll expand more on that yeah um, i could see that a little bit but i think that's that's kind of a not exactly peter parker mentality but being super stressed about other things is kind of like just the teenager mentality <laughs> um so i i think it goes both ways i could see where you're coming from though definitely with that so uh, that theme music though at the start for the credits true that's fire i do want to say Villains? What do we think about the villains? Green Goblin was aight. Doc Ock was amazing. Venom was lame. New Green Goblin was even lamer. Sandman was amazing. Just ripped it right out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. Ready? Uh, what did you think of this film, Andrew? <laughs> or this uh, trilogy? This trilogy... Uh, seven bat nipples out of ten. I'm going with the six bat nipples out of ten. Really? Six? Yeah. I thought it was good. I don't think it deserves a seven. Yeah, I'm going seven out of ten. I feel like Spider-Man 3 brings it down. Mm. I was going to say, that... that brought me down a lot spider-man 3 right if you don't think if you think the raimi trilogy doesn't deserve a 
seven. Just wait till you hear my my score for the Amazing Spider-Man uh, movies. Well, that's where we're going, right? Yep. Um. So, I remember seeing Amazing Spider-Man one in theaters. I did not see two because I heard it was really bad. I rewatched both of these movies last year. Uh, well, not I didn't rewatch Amazing Spider-Man two. I watched it for the first time, and I gotta say, I like both of these movies a lot more than I remembered or expected to. Um, I think the Spider-Man 2 suit is one of the best suits we've gotten. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 suit is one of the best Spider-Man suits we've gotten. Um, Spider-Man 1 suit's kind of eh, but that second one is really good. And I think... Andrew Garfield is really underrated in these movies. I'll let you guys give your opinions, but I, I want to talk about one specific uh, sequence uh, in just a minute. Um, I'll be completely honest. I saw, I saw both of these in theaters, and that is the only time I've ever watched this movie. Either of these. So my opinion's a little bit dry. Mm. Uh, due to a lack of recent watching I don't remember them being great I certainly thought The Amazing Spider-Man when I saw it was better than Spider-Man 3 so my opinion is held a little bit higher there but I think it's okay. I'll st- I'll stay there. <laughs> I'll just give it an okay. Yeah, I remember seeing both movies in theaters. I remember after the first one, I was like, hmm, that was really good. But the second one, I remember thinking this is how Spider-Man should be. Throwing out one-liners. The swinging was phenomenal. Love or hate the movies, mm-hmm. the swinging was amazing. And it was so amazing that Insomniac decided to use half, if not all of it, for the swinging animation in the PlayStation games. So the swinging is yeah. definitely highlighted in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we thinking for villains here? Personally, I thought that lizard was i was glad to have a different um uh spider-man villain because they could have easily done doc ock again or green goblin which they i guess did do in the second one um i thought i I enjoyed that aspect but I, i thought as a whole lizard was kind of one note um electro on the other hand was a little bit more interesting i like that he is weird he was a weird dude and then he got these superpowers and was like 
kind of manipulated into doing evil. Uh, but Green Goblin in these movies sucks. Yeah. My biggest issue with these two mo- uh wow, I almost said Mavis <laughs> movies. Um I think Andrew Garfield kind of takes Peter and makes him cocky. Yeah. Um... A little bit too much for my liking. I'm not doubting um, that he does a pretty good job as Spider-Man. Because uh, it, it shows through there and it, it works a little better. But I think his Peter is probably the weakest yeah back when i was saying earlier with the toby mcguire's peter i was all stressed out uh, i like the andrew garfield one way more because he's more laid back that's how i feel like i said how peter parker should be it's more laid back yeah i before like rewatching them last year i was in the I, I was, you know, spouting the same thing everyone else was spouting. Oh, Tobey Maguire was a good uh, Peter Parker, but not a good Spider-Man. And Andrew Garfield was a good uh, Spider-Man, but not a good Peter Parker. And Tom Holland's dog. Perfect mixture of both. And after rewatching them, I'm thinking... I was... Uh, the first movie, at the very least, uh, before, like, you know, when... Peter's like gets his powers like kind of testing them out up until about the halfway point I was thinking man Peter Parker's kind of lame he's stuttering a lot uh he doesn't really he kind of acts weird which isn't necessarily how Peter Parker should act but I think it's a lot more accurate than what people were saying were like oh man he's too cool to be peter parker and when i was watching that when you're re-watching them i didn't ever get the sense that he was too cool i think it maybe now this is going to sound like a really dated stereotype but i honestly think some people think uh or it's like some people view him as the cool peter parker because he rides a skateboard Hmm. Um, which is kind of weird but it's probably like comparing that is probably like one of the weirdest things people compare about the three (laughs) yeah like separating a literal factor of oh he's cooler well I mean I think it's dumb, but... Peter Parker is supposed to be, like, the nerd type at first, and then once he gets his powers, he's a little more confident and laid back, Mm -hmm. and they really show that. So I don't know what people are saying. Cool? Is he red skateboard? Get over yourself. Yeah, I mean, the skateboard, that's just kind of speculation, but I feel like it's rooted in maybe just a little bit of fact, but... Overall, are, are we ready to give 
ratings for the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them eight bat nipples out of ten. As I gave Spider-Man seven, I'm unfortunately giving this six bat nipples out of ten. Uh, you actually gave Spider-Man No Raimi trilogy six. I did. Then a five. Uh, I say. I like that one more. Eight out of ten bat nipples. Okay. I'm flipped on the opinion. Mm. Uh, I think we're all in agreement here with uh, the next set of uh, the next reboot. Tom Holland just knocks it right out the park from his very first appearance in Civil War. Oh yeah, no question. The fact that there can be a statement said about that is heresy, but... We start with Homecoming, right? Well, I mean, I mentioned Civil War, but yeah, we'll start. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll start with Homecoming. His solo films mm-hmm. is is the real reboot. Um, by God, <laughs> yeah. I'm... Not only is Tom Holland the I think I speak for the public when I say this, not just us. The best Tom Holland, or the best Peter Parker we've had. Um, He portrays Spider-Man in such a phenomenal way. (laughs) Like, it's hard for me to come up with words to say how excellent he is about it. Yeah, it is phenomenal job with Peter Parker he does phenomenal job at Spider-Man I do think a little bit is Marvel here we we have got a major twist in his story a lot more tech involved stuff like that also Iron Man has had a major influence on everything but I think it, one, is meant to play into the MCU as a whole. Two, I like it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I love having Iron Man involved. I love... Well, not anymore, am I right? Hey, oh, hold on. Come on. Oh. Too <laughs> it was too early. Um, Still too early. Uh... Well, I mean, he's still technically involved. Still, like, Far From Home is the reason he has the most recent suit. Well, yeah, but Far From Home is more of or, a... Yeah, but he, he built his own suit in that. Yeah. He used, he used Stark tech, but aside from using the holograms and whatnot, I think that that Spider-Man suit is wholly his. It is. I'm just referring to it's 90% based off of bits, I guess, because, I mean, we literally see him taking apart the different hologram designs. Yeah. Uh, and 
reconstructing it himself but it is made out of uh what tony was doing for him for which is where i was getting with that and using his tech to do it yeah mm-hmm. but i agree it is his suit it's uniquely his it's based off of pieces of what tony envisioned but what he believes is best for himself or from home was more of a kind of him figuring out how to do this himself like realizing hey tony's not here to give me stuff anymore so i gotta be my own hero yeah they've yeah. done such an excellent job <laughs> yeah i mean uh you know happy says it best in that movie he's not the next iron man and he mm-hmm. shouldn't try to be the next iron man nobody should um and it's 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 I really enjoy this version of Spider-Man not only for the way he's portrayed but for the fact that he we actually get to see him interact with other heroes. We didn't get that in either of the other uh series um so it's you know for for the first time we were able to have a live action Spider-Man interact with Iron Man and Captain America and Black Panther and uh you know and so on even and so the on. Guardians yep mhm i mean we we've had a Spider-Man that's gone to space yeah <laughs> um and we all can't forget uh his oh why am i forgetting what it's called kill something instant kill oh instant kill Instant kill, yeah. I kept wanting to say kill switch. <laughs> we can't forget kill or instant kill. It's probably one of my favorite jokes. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I think really what helps is not only the interaction with the other members of the MCU, but we get to see in Homecoming him become spider-man as it is we see him through infinity war and his disappearance we see him come back in endgame to his mentor his almost fatherly figure or yes fatherly figure die and then we get to see him one find his place in the world after all of this but two he explores after figuring out who he is as spider-man he explores who he is as peter who is peter instead of who is spider-man and then at the end we get kind of the mesh of the two and all i can say is i am hyped beyond belief for this to become a trilogy <laughs> mm-hmm. one thing i want to mention that uh, we didn't mention about the other ones is that i remember going to see spider-man homecoming you know we were all still in high school at the time and i remember thinking this is the most accurate depiction of high school i've seen in a movie yeah yeah honestly i feel like 
if anybody plays, and this is going to sound really weird, if anybody plays into the awkwardness of a teenager, the best, it's him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he's 24, I think, uh, now. Yeah. Yeah, hmm? 23, 24, somewhere around there. Yeah. We're talking, so, about, I mean, uh, we're talking about Tom Holland, of course, not uh, Peter Parker. Yeah, Tom Holland's real age is 24, so that means he was 20 at the recording? Maybe even 19? Yeah. During production? So, I mean, not only was he, you know, freshly graduated out of high school, so that not only helped, um, it wasn't a much older actor. Or not much older, but older. Um, it's it doesn't help that we're right out of high school, or we were in high school mm-hmm. at the time. So him being right out of it and us being in it says here's the best connection. Um, and it's obviously a modern take on what modern high school is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he really plays to the stereotypes and the just norm of high school as it is in modern day, or as it was then, four years ago. And I think he does it really well. (laughs) Apparently Tom Holland made a joke to Marvel that he should go undercover in an American high school. And they took him seriously, and he was undercover for three months. Uh, do you know where? No. Not ours. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Unfortunate. Because apparently, England schools are a lot different. Who would have thought? Well, with that huh. being said, we're ready to give our. Uh ratings for this i'm ready uh this version of spider-man uh is getting 10 bat nipples out of 10 here's hoping that no way home doesn't change that well i think uh this this version of spider-man gets 12 bat nipples out of 10 i see brandon's 12 and i raise to 14 bat nipples out of 10 See how it is? I'll bring you 50 now. <laughs> no, yeah. Congrats to Tom Holland um, and Marvel. They have recreated this character wonderfully. Um, by God. Marvel in general. <laughs> by God. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's fly back on over to DC. Let's talk about um, Superman. We have three incarnations to talk about. Um, We obviously have Christopher Reeves, so let's talk about him. Uh, We are running a little bit short on time, so we are going to kind of speed through these. But to be fair, uh, with these Superman reboots, there isn't a whole lot to talk about. Um, I think... Christopher Reeves does a great job playing Clark Kent and Superman. I think the first two movies are really 
good for their time. But truth be told, given how modern superhero movies are, I think they're a bit boring. Yeah, I I think you hit it right on the nail. Uh, and of course, this is only talking about the first two. There are two other Superman movies, and they're just so awful that I'm going to give two different ratings for this when we do it. One for just the first two, and one for the series as a whole. And uh, let me tell you, one of those ratings is going to be a lot nicer than the other. Makes sense. Um, does anyone have anything else to add about these movies? Um, I'm going to say it again. Honestly, I think you hit it right on the nail. They just, they're old. At the time, they were regarded as decent, the first two. Um, and they don't live up to anything anymore, so... Uh, well, not much anymore. <laughs> not uh, to discredit. What does still live up to the hype is that John Williams score. True. But when does a John Williams score not live up to the hype? Very, mm-hmm. very true. Probably Home Alone. I'm going to keep it real. Even Home Alone was okay. This really doesn't have a bad score. It's just not one of those things that you want to listen to. Yeah, no one, no all one's, the time. No one's going, yo, all. yeah, no, no one's going, yo. You remember that bop from the Home Alone soundtrack? No, <laughs> you don't. But we're getting off topic. Are we ready to give our rating for the Christopher Reeves quadrilogy? Yeah. Quad. Yeah. Okay. So again, first two movies. I'm gonna give eight bat nipples out of ten. Ooh. For all four movies together, this is getting four bat nipples out of ten. I'm doing just the four. Uh, and I'm meeting you right in the middle. Six bat nipples out of ten. Yeah, nah. Five out of ten. Dang. I feel though. Um... Moving on. Now, the next reboot got one movie, and ultimately, I would call this reboot a failure. Um, Brandon Routh's Superman in Superman Returns. Yeah. This movie, despite being made in the 2000s with very good CGI and the potential for cool action and neat set pieces still ends up being boring after the first 20 minutes. It's funny, I remember, for some reason I distinctly remember this movie, and I actually rewatched it because I think two years ago, I think I just wanted to. I think it's because I have just a weird, distinct memory of this movie, and it does not live up to what I remember my younger self thinking. (laughs) Yeah, like... It's... 
yawn inducing the the opening scene with that um airplane crashing that scene is great and if we're judging the movie based off just that scene alone then this is a great superman movie unfortunately the other you know two hours had to happen and there's just nothing at Kevin Spacey is Lex Luthor. That's creepy now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's not much to write home with this movie at all. Except for the beginning like you were talking about. I, I know that despite this being a reboot, it is a continuation of the Christopher Reeves universe. However, some things don't line up. I also know that this universe, though I called it dead, did actually get a little bit of a continuation in the form of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths episode on the CW. I will say... I like Brandon Ralph as a actor. I think he did a really good job as Superman. I think that he did an even better job as the Atom on Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. I never made that connection. Yep, same actor. Hmm. <laughs> That's funny. So, are we ready How to hop? rate it? Um, yeah. this is this is getting a, a six bat nipples out of ten. Let's give it a five bat nipples out of ten. Casey, Casey yep. what do you uh, Four out of ten. Four. Eesh. Wow, that boy has been harsh. Harsh. Today. But I think we all know what's next. Uh, Zack Snyder. Uh, yeah, uh, we got Man of Steel with, uh, Henry Cavill, or yes. Henry Cavill, I've heard it both ways, and I, it's pronounced one of those ways. I'm 90% sure it's Cavill, but. That's what I heard. I think that, I wouldn't call this the definitive version of Superman, but I think it's most certainly the most entertaining version of Superman. I agree there. I don't think... Um, I think Man of Steel is the best representation we've gotten so far. But it's not a perfect representation. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's still a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Um... This is one I know I saw in theaters uh, and thoroughly enjoyed, and it's still a great watch today. So. I remember to see this in the theaters, me and my friend, we went to go see it by ourselves, uh, but we were 12 at the time, so we had to lie and say we were 13. Ooh. So, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, audience. I am a criminal. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, but this movie, I, the action is great. I think, um, the way the way it gives Clark Kent's backstory throughout the movie is really great. I think Zod's intentions is great. Um, despite this maybe not being the best version of Superman we've gotten, I think we can all agree that this is the best version of Lois Lane we've gotten. Agreed. Yeah, that's a definitive statement there. Um... Oh, uh, and Man of Steel, what an amazing score. Oh, yes. yes. I, you can never go wrong with Hans Zimmer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen in the audience, uh, please do yourself a favor. Go on to wherever you listen to your music, find the soundtrack for Man of Steel, and listen to the track Flight. Just That is just an amazing piece of music. Um, but to continue on, uh, I think Man of Steel and by association Batman v Superman and then later Zack Snyder's Justice League, um, just, it really does the character a lot of justice and brings a little bit more nuance to the character than what we got in the previous two versions of the character. I agree. I think that's a... Uh, I think yet again you've you've taken the words right out of my mouth, hit the hammer on the nail. I think they did a supreme job of giving us a superman that feels like superman it's it's amazing that's that's the easiest way to put it Zack snyder is such an amazing director he he's really hit a home run with making superman into what I think we all expected him to be in a film and what we wanted him to be. Yeah. With that being said, are we ready to give our final rating for uh, this general topic? Mm -hmm. Henry Cavill's... Oh. Um, I'm going to give this 8 bat nipples out of 10. I agree. Eight bat nipples out of ten. Yep, eight out of ten. Cool. I think that's the first one we all said the same yep. thing. No, <laughs> we said we all gave ten bat nipples out of ten to the Dark Knight trilogy. And oh no, and Spider Man MCU. Oh, technically, yep. mm-hmm. yeah, technically, because I said twelve, oh, you yeah. said fourteen, but it's really ten. You can't go above that theoretically um yeah with that yeah that's gonna 
that's going to do it for our general discussion. Um, Wrap up them reboots. Yep. Uh, well, with that, I would like to mention that we do have a Q&A section that goes right here. Unfortunately, we do not have any questions, if I am correct. Yep, no questions. Please, if you're listening, do not be afraid to ask any questions. We will answer pretty much all of them uh, within reason. Yes. Uh, I mean, if you've got literally anything, you want us to talk about a movie, you want us to compare people. Uh, I know we did one last episode or the episode before where we talked about the Flash and uh, Green Lantern who would win in the fight. That was a really fun discussion. So yeah, if you've got any questions, anything you want us to talk about, give your opinion, et cetera, et cetera, please uh, hop onto our Instagram, our Twitter, hop on there, send us a little DM or comment or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick update. Uh, here at we here at Pop Culture Roundup have made the executive decision to, uh, unfortunately discontinue, um, uploading on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate uh, everyone who has uh, listened on that platform and interacted on that platform, but um, we are going to not be uploading there anymore. It's more of just a cost uh, analysis. We weren't really getting the viewership from there, so we're going to be closing down that section. Really kind of just, you'll find us on Spotify and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Unfortunate circumstances, but what must be done must be Mm -hmm. done. With that, I believe we can sign off. Yep. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in for another episode of Pop Culture Roundup. It was a pleasure talking about uh, these reboots and hearing everybody's opinion. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I hope whether you're listening in the morning, at night, middle of the day, you have a good one. Peace out, everyone. Adios.